you need to move faster as an investor and the entrepreneur, as I said, need to build products that are more agile and more adaptive into what's going on in the environment. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Lomitech and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I am joined today by a good friend and amazing investor, Lee Moser, managing partner and founder of And Ventures. As a former partner of iAngels VC, Lee headed partnerships and investor relations for the organization, worked with hundreds of investors, family offices, and corporations worldwide. Prior to that, Lee was chief of staff to the Israeli ambassador Michael Oren in Washington, D.C., and a senior consultant to BlackRock. Lee holds a bachelor's degree from Tel Aviv University and an MBA from Kellogg Northwestern. Lee Moser, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Hey, Michael. Great. Happy to be here. <laughs> Very happy that you're here and Ventures. I love what you guys are doing. I'm a, a big, big fan and a big friend. And uh, more importantly, at this point, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your journey, your personal journey, how you've come to, to be an investor in the VC world, previously iAngels, now and Ventures. But before that, Chief of Staff to Michael Oren, Israel's Ambassador to the United Nations. And, and you know, the journey is, is non-trivial. Uh, a lot of lessons that I'm excited to, uh, that you'll share with me, hopefully. And, and, you know, finish this conversation with a bigger sense of understanding of what are the different journeys that people are undertaking? How does that impact their lives and their values and understandings? And so I've talked enough. Lee, walk me a little bit through your own experience. First, how do you even get to be Chief of Staff to the Israeli Ambassador? Uh, wow. Okay. So everything that we do in life is basically our network. Uh, and, I, and I really believe in that, the connection you have in people, uh, what you do in people and the history that you share with people. Um, I finished my degree in political science, history in Italian. I always wanted to work at the embassy. And then I opened a newsletter and the newspaper as kind of my last lesson in the university. And I see that Michael Oren became the ambassador. I knew his son, Yoav, which is a great person, has his startup himself. Um, and I called him, I was like, listen, how do I get to the embassy? And he was like, you are applying to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I said, no, I want to talk to your dad. Eh, make long story short, um, I did connect with, uh, with Michael Oren, and I did apply to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And after four or five months of everything, I got accepted uh, wow. to the job. So that's how I got there. <laughs> Now, what, what was the initial, you know, motivation that you had that, that led you to and say, I want to move to the United States. I want to be a part of this delegation. Um, I always liked politics, mm-hmm. always uh, find it fascinating. And I think the heart of the international relationship of Israel is in the U.S. So being in D.C. Uh, with a quite challenged, challenged time between Obama and Netanyahu um, was a place I wanted to be. I wanted to learn, um, and it, it was a dream for a long time. It was a dream, like since I remember myself, I wanted to be in the foreign ministry. So very, very uh, cool. Now, the day to day of a chief of staff, I, I know what a chief of staff does to you know a CEO or a president of a company, but but what does a chief of staff do in in diplo- in diplomacy world? So it's a combination, I would say, of politics, advisory, public affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, 
It's like the embassy in DC, it's like a little, little government. So you have the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ministry, Ministry of Defense, uh, Finance, Congress, whatever. And you need to be the person in the middle that helps the ambassador to facilitate between all of that and also overseeing internal and external uh, politics and policy. Mm-hmm. So if it's between the offices in Israel and parties, as we know, it's not easy when you have a prime minister for one party and a foreign minister from, for another party, or if it's between the member of Congress, even you know helping them right. understand each other when you're Israeli and they're American. Sure. And it's a lot of networking. It's a lot and- of networking. <laughs> So so a lot of the things that you've mentioned, obviously, I think can draw parallels to high tech and entrepreneurship, but but I'll let you do that. You, you finish your time as chief of staff. Is it obvious to you, trivial, that you're going to go into venture capital and you're going to go into the high tech scene? No, not at all. It was very hard. I finished after being four years in the US, being in the White House, like two times a week in the Congress, in the biggest parties and really fighting in the core for what we do in Israel and outside. And it was really hard for me to get back to Israel. And I wanted to influence. And I thought that really the best place of influence and making an impact is uh, through uh, innovation and through uh, what we do in what we say, the startup nation or this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything we discussed in DC was controversial everything, if it was the Palestinian or if it was Iran or if it was other matters. The only thing that everyone agreed on is that Israel innovation is, it's the best, it's changing life, it's helping life. And it's, uh, and now it's even bigger than what it was 12 years ago. Right. Yeah, of course. So that's, I wanted to see my, to see myself. And that's how I got into, into tech from basically public diplomacy, talking about tech, not really understanding a lot about tech, but understanding that this is the bridge to, um, I don't know, uh, represent Israel in its best mm-hmm. matter. And this is how I kind of start exploring it and want to be a part of it. And so walk me through your own journey as a venture capitalist. And, you know, I'd love to also understand a little bit of how your, your own, you know, investment thesis transformed or evolved throughout the years as you've undergone a lot of experiences, a lot of investments. Sure. Um, so really kind of what we do in end and what is my thesis and my partner Roy thesis is um, obviously we like to invest in the best entrepreneur and best is also great people that you want to work with, that you want to hear their opinion, that you understand that, you know, one and one is three together. And we're looking to work with, with entrepreneurs that are just like, um, uh, we had a talk about it, but uh, aiming to the moon and want to transform uh, uh, entire industries. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. And we, we're investing super, super early. So for us, uh, I would say the person itself and the vision, uh, and obviously that MVP of the technologies is important, uh, but what we can build together. Um, and how we uh, can be a good investor, or right? everyone likes to say a value-add investor. And for that, we build a studio, like a place that an entrepreneur and a company can get a tech advice, a UIUX advice, growth advice, and, and different land pads around the world, mainly in the U.S. So kind of answering all the gaps that might have to a... Uh, um, right. Uh, 
we're only starting. Take me, take me a few steps back then, you know, and ventures, the, the, it's, it's a new VC fund based out of Israel, looking at Israeli companies, but, but it's doing it in a different way and understanding with a more globalized mindset that the world is connected. Israel is not just a startup nation, it's a scale-up nation. Tell me a little bit right. about, you know, the thesis behind and because you started mentioning the mentioning the the cooperation with different companies and that's a big part of of and ventures but tell me, you know, take me back a little bit about what what is sort of the thesis of this fund. Okay. So the fund uh, we call ourselves a company builder based fund mm-hmm. where as I said we invest early and we help the founder build the companies at the right right direction. Um I think the most important thing is that you know, we all know that we have amazing entrepreneurs and they're super smart. Uh, I think the validation and the execution uh, definitely uh, need help. Uh, obviously not for all, but for many. And for us, we're working with a lot of corporates. You can see them in our website that we gain relationships through the years. We are bullish on validation. When we see a company, a part of what we do during the due diligence is help validate with different corporates and dis- different expert matters that in the two companies we invested, uh, a lot of them become clients. Mm. And that was the best validation and the best Amazing. reason to invest. And then the second thing is execution. And execution for us is uh, 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 connecting to the global world today with understanding that we want to have bases in places that the entrepreneur needs and can help kind of minimize the gap between being Israeli but moving to the U.S. or we have a land pad in Japan, for example, and working in even one in India, and how we can make the world even smaller than what it is today post Corona to our entrepreneurs. So how we can shift them quickly and more fast uh, to the, their, their, their real markets, which Israel is not a market. So what, why is it in your belief that, you know, why is it so important for startups to to work with these big corporates that, that you're cooperating with, why, why, is the, why do you believe this is the differentiator that could help a startup tremendously scale? So a lot, of, um, a lot of founders are waiting to build the perfect product before starting approaching the market, mm. which I think it's fair and it's working in some matters, but the market is changing so fast today. So what you build today, it's not what's the needs for tomorrow. So with working with many potential clients uh, and with corporates that are looking for innovation and now more open to incorporate innovation before acquiring it, before, you know, taking on the IP, uh, really help shape a better product, a faster product. You don't need to waste a year and a million dollars of building the perfect MVP. You build it on the way, you right. run with it. And, and you reach to the market faster than you would have reached with a perfect product. And people understand that. Like the whole mindset have changed, I think. Right. But now design partnerships, you know, we've, we've seen this, you know, throughout the last few years, uh, being a very big part of the story here. Is, is this what this is about? Is it about design partnerships or is there something else in the work with these corporates that, that is different than how a traditional startup in Israel would, would approach a company in Japan and Germany, et cetera? I think um, it's the flexibility in mind to pivot quickly for the market needs. Mm-hmm. Um, less than a successful POC, I have on my PowerPoint five or six or seven or 10 corporates or companies that are working with me. More of how do I think as an entrepreneur, how do I think of a, uh, as a right. leader, and how do 
adopt to quick changes. And I think that what it can give to an entrepreneur. And that's what we're looking for. Got it. Okay. So as you're, as you're looking at the day-to-day now, you're looking at companies in Israel, what, what do you observe around you? And you've seen the Israel ecosystem evolve over the last decade. What are we experiencing today that perhaps is different from before? Or how in general are you experiencing the, the tech scene right now? Wow. Um, so what I see now, it's not what I saw half a year ago and not what I saw a year ago. I think we have an ecosystem on steroids. <laughs> um, it's not only um, the valuation or the size of rounds or, you know, uh, um, it's, it's a fast environment. You build fast products. And I think um, the scalability of Israeli entrepreneurs today is much bigger and faster than it was a half a year ago and a year ago, both from what we see and happening with, you know, all the IPOs and the SPACs and, and really the big visions that are now coming into reality from founders that we know, we grow up with, we want to be there. We, right. Like the world is, you know, it's small right now. And, and, and both with everything is now faster. You invest it for us. When you invest in a company, half a year later, you have a follow-on round. It doesn't used to be like that. It was, you know, a year and a half between rounds. And if it's super rapid, it's a year and you do a safe. Now, no, you invest. After half a year, there is another round. The growth round can be in a year from your seed investment. Um, and you need to move faster as an investor. And the entrepreneur, as I said, need to build products that are more agile and more adaptive into what's going on in the environment. But also, by the way, it's also the traction needs to come faster than it used to be. Right. So, so I'm hearing all around there's different expectations from all parties. How does this change your work on the day-to-day basis? How does it change the way that you, that you think about a deal? How does it change the way that you do your due diligence? Um, so I think also here, uh, you need to be faster than you used to be. You cannot take your time to do a three months due diligence on a company. By the way, that's why we, we have our studio that companies, even before investment investment can come and work with us and validate their product. And we work together and we just get to know each other and then we can invest or they can choose us to invest. Um, I think you need to, uh, uh make faster decisions. Mm. Like <laughs> you need to, <laughs> you know, if you invest or not, uh, you can't really take your time, um, in that, kind of uh, atmosphere. Does that mean that natively we might be making, or intuitively we might be making worse decisions than perhaps five, 10 years ago? Or what, what is the compromise of this versus what are the upsides of this? Yeah, there is a compromise. Uh, first of all, you're going to lose deals. Right. Good deal. Uh, um, for me, it's hard, even though I say that this is what you need to do, it's still hard for me to make a very, very fast investment decision. Um, so you will lose more deals. Some of them will be amazing and some of them you shouldn't invest. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you will need to use your network, uh, in, in doing your DD. You're not the smartest person in the room, not me, not my partner, not our other partners. We want to use people that work with us and work with us in the past and our industry expert to validate the company and then aggregate it into, you know, our investment memo and what we think, uh, all the information we think we, we, we need to have. Right. And we definitely need to use a lot of expert to kind of combine the minds of doing the due diligence. And, and in your own mind, where, where are we headed right now? So we, we've seen this traumatic shift in the last 
five to 10 years, what's, you know, with end ventures and new fund, you're going to be there for a while. Well, what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years, do you think? I think we're going to see, um, I think this period probably going to last for, and again, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but um, I, I think what we see today will stop eventually. I would, I'm talking about um, maybe we'll say like a little bit of higher valuation that are not attached really to the, the revenue and the potential profit of the companies. Um, and I think that the companies that are building a true deep technology uh, um, will and raise the right round right now, the big rounds will probably will be there uh, to less. Okay. So it's time to raise money. If you can raise the money and raise the rounds that you think you should have to be able to have the capital uh, in, in the following years, because I, I do think it's a little bit of a bubble. Right. That, that will explode soon. Got it. So obviously, I, I think that's a, that's an advice that I've been hearing from 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 a lot of people, and I think it's it's a question of time. And uh, I, I think it's a very very interesting time to be an investor, an entrepreneur, anybody in the field. Lee, take me back a little bit to your own you know childhood and journey, and what really sparked your curiosity. You mentioned that you were really into politics and diplomacy back before you were chief of staff. Now you're into the tech scene, entrepreneurship, and innovation. Growing up, what were you really curious about? I, I, uh, wow. So many things. Um, I would say it's, a, I was always curious about, uh, kind of breaking the, the glass ceiling. I always like to take myself one step forward and try to, uh, uh do things that, that it will be hard for me or that I wouldn't do. Um, I did go with my passion when I studied history and political science, because I did find politics interesting for a long, long time. I was a tour guide uh, for many, yeah. uh, 18 to 26. Um, so standing in front of an audience, by the way, a lot of my investors was met me 15 or 16 or 18 years ago when wow. I was their tour when they came with their families. So I think it's gave me confidence, uh, a sense of roots, where I'm from, what I want to do, what was here in the past. You know, you're looking at, even just looking at Israel, 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, um, the fragilence of being here and that you need to really try and live the best and do the best for the time that you're here, I think uh, reflected me and influenced me a lot. Um, so I hope it answered the question because it was um, I'm super curious. So many, many things. And I can only <laughs> assume that this curiosity then translates you know, in immediately into your work today as you're meeting different companies on a daily basis and working on different verticals, what, what inspires you today as you wake up every day, new companies, working with portfolio companies, building the fund, what, what, where, do you, where do you gain your inspiration from? Um, from, from a few places. Um, my, I would say my family inspires me a lot uh, of how I want this world to be for my girls. Um, and, and, and my partners, I have great partners. My, my co-partner, Roy, inspires me every day. Uh, and the founders that we work with, definitely. Even the one that we're not investing with. It's every day is to meet, you know, five or six founders and their great idea and their great vision and the ability to help. And more than that, the ability to learn. So I find a home to my curiosity in tech, <laughs> which is great. I love it. And if you had to choose a few words to describe yourself, 
Uh, or if I were to ask Corey, what, what would he choose to describe Lee? What would they be? Okay, he would say, I'm fun. <laughs> I'm brave. Um, and, and, and I would say a leader. Like, now I can say it uh, after many years. So I think that's how I dis will describe myself. Or hopefully right. other will describe me than me describing myself. Lee, thank you very, very much. This was wonderful. I, I loved hearing your journey and best of luck with Ant Ventures. I look forward to co-investing together and, and seeing some amazing, amazing stories come out of this scale-up nation. And thank you very much for everything. Take care. Thank you, Mike. Of course.